for listening. Thank you for listening. To the Outstanding Ohioans. Outstanding Ohioans. To the Outstanding Ohioans. To the Outstanding Ohioans. Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by my daddy. Hosted by my daddy. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioans podcast. This is episode 29. My name is Ron Silico. Today I have the pleasure of talking to John and Carolyn Green, who are the co-owners of Cafe O'Play in Stowe, Ohio. And throughout this interview, you'll learn what Cafe O'Play is and how they built it. John and Carolyn, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ron. Thank you. What I wanted to do for the audience first is, could you each give some of your background, where you grew up, and who were your role models in life? Well, where I grew up, I uh, was born in Boston. My father was an American Baptist pastor, and we lived there until I was about six, and we moved to California, a very rural area, um, where he pastored out there, Um, and then in my high school years, we moved to... New York State, south of Syracuse, and it was in, during that time that I actually started to pick up guitar and learn to write my own songs and perform them a little bit, so kind of um, provide some uh, creative outlet there, and um, I have uh, two older brothers and younger sister, and uh, then went out to college um, at Wheaton College in Illinois, which is where I met John mm-hmm. Green. That's me. That's you. <laughs> yep, and I, I grew up here in uh, Summit County, Ohio. Actually, uh, we live in the house that I, I grew up at. Hmm. Graduated from Chicago Falls High School in 83, and then pretty much kind of left the area and um, took some time and um, worked in New York City, a little bit in Central America, and then for the last 20 years or so, we lived in Chicago. And uh, as Carolyn mentioned, we met each other in college, and um, and then about uh, five, six years ago, we moved back to help care for my parents as they were aging, and they have since passed on, and hmm. we had a good few years of just caring for them. Okay. Uh, before we get in, into more of your background, can you tell for the audience just how, how when people ask you about Cafe O Play, how do you introduce it? Oh, he's pointing to me again. So Cafe O Play is an indoor play cafe, and uh, our concept with it is to really create a place that families can be physically active and kids in, in, as well. So instead of having redemption games and um, uh, things like that, we are focused on physical play. We went to a place, um, Michigan, and just fell in love with the fact that our kids could, could really get their energy out. We have three boys and a girl, and, you know, boys are have a lot of energy, <laughs> and on those rainy days, it's just tough being in the house, and so we, we thought it was just a great concept. They had cafe, nice sandwiches and everything, and a place that was really relaxing for parents. I mean, most of the places that you go to with your kids can be absolute headaches and mm-hmm. migraines, you know, later in the day, so this, we really wanted to create a place that was, you know, would offer some comfort. Um, to parents and be a place they wanted to be. So we have a 9,000 square feet uh, facility. Um, about two-thirds of that is our play area, which offers a toddler area, small slide, climbing, climbing structure, 
together with a lot of balls. We facilitate games and uh, parachute games and things. And then um, we have a big play climbing structure that really requires some physical, um, you know, energy to get through. And we've got like four slides. Uh, and then we have some party rooms, some private rooms, and uh, a little dance party room, and chairs and nice, comfortable couches for parents to sit and watch their kids run around and go crazy. On the other side of, of that is our cafe, which is separated by a wall and a window. So the parents of children that are a little bit older or, or while the children are getting a snack or some food from the cafe, um, can also look in and, and check on the older kids while they're playing or, um, you know, be in there and talk with a friend over coffee and just really enjoy some quiet. It's amazing. There's a good deal of quiet in the cafe. <laughs> Well, that's great, and I, I look forward in, in the interview learning more about that. Uh, Carolyn, who were your role models growing up? Uh, I would definitely say my father. Um, as a as a pastor, one of the things that he always exemplified was compassion for other people. Um, just little things he would do with people that he met, sharing meals with homeless people or and dropping off food for some people he knew were in need. Um, and then I uh, had a, a good uh, leader in a uh, wilderness trip uh, training program that uh, I just thought was was very compassionate and, and wise person, so I really appreciated that. All right. John, what about you? Uh, kind of similar to Carolyn. I think, you know, my family, I'm, I'm the baby of six, so I have five older siblings and... Uh, you know, they have been different role models at different stages in my life, and family has always been uh, very important to me. Um, I think uh, I was—I grew up going to Holy Family Church in Stowe, and there was a couple priests there that were real um, impacting kind of role and life models for me, folks I'm still in contact with. And, um, and I think uh, friends in college that— uh, I admired and connected with have, have all been role models in different ways. Right. And, and Caroline, so you met, you met John in, in Wheaton College, you get married. What, what was your career path in a little more detail before you moved back to Ohio? Well, uh, John had begun a ministry to guys on the street in Chicago. And <clears throat> funny enough, um, I, I actually thought that was wonderful. Um, you know, as I said, my dad was was very compassionate toward the poor and wanted to meet John to see how he was really actively doing something to help other people and making that his mission and, and his heart. Um, it just exemplified what we where our faith was at, and I, I really identified with it. So, um, you know, one of our first dates was, let's go downtown because I need to give this guy a coat. And then I'll take you to, you know, a restaurant or something afterwards. And I just thought it was the best thing ever. Hmm. So um, it was really a wonderful life and time um, in Chicago of really spending our lives on behalf of the poor there and investing in them and just loving them and building friendships with them. And, boy, I'll just never regret it. Great. Great. And then... Where, did you come from Chicago directly back to Ohio, or were there other stops? Yeah, we did. 
did. We moved back here in uh, late June of 2009. We actually came temporarily for a year, and um, it was kind of a sabbatical from our our uh, mission work in Chicago and also to um, kind of come and connect with my folks who weren't doing so well. And then ended up my dad passed away a few months after we got here, and my mom um, kind of turned for the worse and um, kind of took a a long uh, several year journey with Alzheimer's and mm -hmm. so kind of stayed with her and walked with her through all that and um, and as we were here we, we kind of realized after a couple of years that this was going to be a more permanent move and uh, that's when we started to kind of change our focus from the nonprofit kind of mission type work and start started thinking about what the next step in life look like for us mm-hmm mm -hmm. So you're in Michigan on, on a trip, and, and you see the, the concept that you built your business on. What For the audience, what how, what was your step process? What, what was the first thing you did uh, as you went to develop this business, and then what were the steps after that? Sure. The, the place that we saw in 2007 was called the, the Treehouse, and we had, we had three kids and one on the way, and, and my sister lives in Chelsea, Michigan, and uh, that's where this business was, and she said, oh, you got to go check out this place called the Treehouse, and we walked in, and there was this beautiful indoor playground, and, you know, great coffee, leather chairs, and I just remember sitting there with an espresso drink and just saying, this is the best business I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I think as Carolyn had mentioned, you know, those, especially those first few years of raising kids, it's so, it's, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're as a new parent, perhaps you're, you know, adjusting to all the newness of life and you are also taking on kind of this responsibility for another life form and, and, uh, and then just all of the, the physical challenges, the financial challenges, and, and it can just be overwhelming at times. And so when we found this place called the tree house, we just thought it was a really neat concept. And when we, um, about, uh, I guess it was about two and a half years ago or so, we decided to really kind of explore um, starting up our own indoor play cafe. And that's kind of the, the name of the genre of the business that we're in. It's called an indoor play cafe. And mm -hmm. all of our work life, including the, you know, the street work that we did in, in Chicago, was really about building community and creating hospitality. And that's what we really set out to do is to try to create a place that would draw people together and give people a chance to meet new people and make new friends and, and also for us to, you know, kind of exercise those gifts of hospitality. Mm -hmm. So how did, how did you identify what kind of facility did you, was it an existing facility? Did you build? What, what area were you looking yeah, the, to have Yeah, the first thing we did is uh, I, I, took a trip down to Florida, and there's a, a trade organization that we're now members of called IAPA, and it's called the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions. And it's everything from small indoor play cafes like ours to Disney, you know, and Great Flag, Cedar Point. And so, um, but I found a really great community of people in the amusement industry there who were, you know, just as interested and passionate about creating um, places for families and, and children as I was and really met some, some great contacts and good consultants and people that really helped us. And so that was the first step. And then we 
visited um, probably a dozen or so different play cafes around the country that we had heard about or read about and uh, or researched and took different ideas uh, from them about what we wanted to add into our uh, play cafe. And then after that, we put together a business plan and some financial projections and started knocking on doors and begging a lot of places for money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he says we, but a lot of that was him. Yeah, was pretty much all. <laughs> <laughs> and he took our daughter out of preschool for weeks on end to go to travel all over the Midwest to play cafes. Oh, uh, I know, because it's kind of creepy when a uh, middle-aged uh, balding guy wants to go hang out at the play cafe <laughs> and <laughs> by himself. <laughs> well, he actually said one time, I think they did a couple in one day, she's like, what, I have to go play again? She's <laughs> Well, that's market research, and if, I'm sure if she was happy, it was an idea that she wanted to incorporate. Yep, yep. <laughs> so what what was your biggest challenge throughout this whole process? Was it the financial funding of it? Sure. You know, I, I think that, that by far has been kind of the, the biggest biggest one. We were, we were actually really, I was really surprised how difficult it was to get uh, financing. You know, we... Um, we had actually, during our time in Chicago, we had invested in, um, we, we bought a six-unit apartment building and kind of managed it ourselves, and and it, uh, it did very well for us. And when we sold it, we had a nice little little chunk of change, and, uh, and I didn't really think there'd be any problem with us getting, uh, like, a SBA loan to start up this business. But just bank after bank after bank turned me down, and by the time I was... Uh, you know, going for bank number 11 or 12 or so uh, and got turned down again, I got really frustrated and asked this one commercial banker, said, what is the deal here? Why do I keep getting turned down? And, and you know, and finally he said, well, John, the, the issue is the banks, you know, even though you're going to do an SBA loan, the, uh, the banks still want to see the full collateral of the business of the loan coming from you because it's a lot easier to get money out of you than it is for them to get money out of the Fed. And uh, that was disheartening to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, made me question uh, some of the some of the things about our banking institutions and everything else. So we had, we ended up um, pulling together um, the financing. We we put a lot more money into it personally than we had anticipated, and we pulled together financing from about uh, seven other different sources and uh, made it work, though. Mm-hmm. But it certainly was a challenge, right? Now, I'm sure in your travels, you, you saw a lot of great ideas and thought, oh, I'd love to incorporate this, I'd love to incorporate this, I'd love to incorporate that. How did you decide on what you currently are doing? How did, how did you whittle that down? Yeah, I think part of it was we, you know, we talked with, uh, we did a focus group um, as we were putting together our business plan. And, and initially, when we first got a business plan put together, started, you know, sharing that with different families, different people, and getting their input. Uh, so really listening to our community. And, um, you know, one of the things we, we had as, as part of our plan was a small sports court. And one of the things Carolyn felt really strongly about is that we needed to increase the, the size of it to really give kids um, a lot of ability to run and play and, and you know, and, and just that, that bigger kind of sportsy area. And so... So that, that's been a wonderful uh, component of Cafe O Play. Um, and really just listening to people in our community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are different models. And um, <clears throat> one of the things that we really liked about the place in Michigan was it offered the big cl- play climbing structure. 
And to us, it provided a good um, attraction for a number of ages and uh, even for the older kids. And so, you know, some of the guidance and, and feedback we got from some folks was, you know, this is, this is going to focus on the younger kids. And to a certain extent, that's still a good part of our market. And, you know, we love the little kids and we know this, this is a good outlet for them. But we didn't want to just completely um, digital ourselves in, in that. And we wanted to provide for those families that had multiple kids, you know, where the age ranges are a little broader and make sure that everybody could be happy. And it really has worked out pretty well for that to be even considered a 12 and under facility. So, yeah. mm-hmm. And even having the, you know, having the great coffee house and the cafe, we have lots of families that might have, say, a two-year-old and a six-year-old and then a teenager. And, um, and oftentimes the two-year-old and the six-year-old will be over playing in the play area and the teenager will be playing magic or board game or, you know, hanging out in the cafe with friends. So it's a really nice um, reach for, for a variety of different ages and, and people. Mm-hmm. So within the business, did you, did you partner with someone for, to run the cafe area or do you, are you involved in the entire operation? Yeah, we're, we're pretty much kind of owner operators. Mm-hmm. We're, we're there every single day, <laughs> almost. And uh, we, we have hired some some great staff. We have about sixteen staff, a variety of uh, you know, mostly part time folks, uh, a few full time people. We have a full time cafe manager. She does a great job, and we have some assistant managers. Um, so we, we definitely have staff, uh, you know, running the running the show when we're not there, and really great folks. And um, you know, and hiring great staff is. Um, and really key to this type of business as well because it's, uh, you know, I think people come to Cafe O Play for the uniqueness of what they've heard about through word of mouth, but I, I think what keeps people coming back is, is the great staff that we have and the way that we treat people, uh, which is really important. To that point, John, when you're, when you're looking for a team member to, to bring aboard, what, what qualities and traits are you looking for? Well, you know, when we, um, with our uh, hiring practice, we actually, in our initial application, we send people through a personality inventory that syncs up with the Myers-Briggs assessment. And uh, so for us, we're really looking for that, you know, that outgoing personality, people that uh, have an ability to to interact with a variety of different ages, make some good decision-making, can, you know, be, be talking seriously with an adult customer and shift really quickly into playing with a four-year-old. Um, so so that good decision-making, good uh, – also people that have the ability to, to stay calm in the midst of stressful situations. Working, working with the public can be stressful at times, or working with kids can be stressful at times. So people that really have a good – head on their shoulder is important for us as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Carol? Uh, yeah, you know, it's worked out really well. We were very, that was great advice that we got. It was, it saved us so much time to have people do those personality tests. But mm. also one of the recommendations that was given to us was to actually audition people as a group. Yeah. So we would have 30 people come in and basically just play games with them, ask them some For questions. For like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> and take them up into smaller groups and ask them, well, what would you do in this situation if a customer did this? How would you handle it? You know, how would you entertain a child if they were unhappy or things like that? 
and just see their responses, see how they interacted with other people. And we just kind of took the cream right off the top, and it was saved us so much time mm. rather than yeah. sitting through interview after interview. Yeah, doing a group group audition is a great way to uh, interview people. Yeah. Mm. So what are your hours of operation, and how many customers do you have come in each day on average? Hmm. Um, oh, we are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Thursday, 9 to 8 p.m., Saturday and Friday, and then on Sunday from 11 to 4. And, uh, you know, on a, on a quieter kind of day like today, on a Tuesday, we might have, um, you know, over the course of the day, we might have a couple hundred uh, customers come by. Um, on the weekends, we could have several hundred you know, sometimes even up to a thousand people come through the doors. Oh, yeah, the, the capacity of the cafe is about 70 seats, and then in the play area, it's about 140, 150. And th there have been a few times where we've come close, we've even reached our capacity, and we've had to even close the doors and say we really can't have more people right now until some folks leave. Yeah. Um, we really can handle quite a few people at a time. We always have at least one staff person um, in the cast in the play area monitoring how things are going. But if it's really busy, we have more than than one, and uh, we we have some cameras that we can check in on things, and make sure everybody's doing okay, and um, you know, quality experience for people coming in is really important to us. Mm -hmm. Something that intrigued me looking at your website was how did you come up with the design for your playground and then also if you could talk about some of the digital educational video games that you have available sure yeah the um the, the video stuff that you mentioned is actually what we call an iPlay, and that's a uh, it's a really neat uh, video interactive floor that uh uses a lidar type of technology sensor system to it so that it is the shadow of your feet um, and not any other parts of your body. And so it projects these different video uh, type of images and games and, and different educational um, things on the floor, and you have to kind of interact with your feet. And it's, it's a really unique technology. It was one of those things that I uh, saw at the IAPA trade show and, and really felt like it was uh, something that we wanted in our facility, and it's been a real, real hit. Yeah. Uh, kids, kids all love it. Ages. Yeah, it's, it's something that appeals to all age groups that mm -hmm. uh, that play it. So that's really fun. Um, we we uh, hired a company called Orca Coast to help develop our our play structure, and they uh, are one of the best in the amusement industry for developing indoor play structures, and, and really helped us with the design. And um, we have a, a dedicated toddler area. Uh, in our design, as well as the iPlay and the large sports court and the large climbing structure. Uh, the other thing that we added, um, kind of just from our personal experience, was a Gaga Ball court. And uh, Gaga Ball is a form of dodgeball that uh, is really uh, popular at summer camps for kids. And we created an indoor uh, Gaga Ball court, and that's been a real popular feature as well. Neat. Neat. I love I love those players. I have two young boys, and, and we have a facility near us that we've gone to, and you're, you, it's a wonderful service that you provide. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I had a had a mom. One of my my fun stories is I had this mom come up to me a couple months ago, and she said, "Are you the owner?" 
I said, yes, well, can I help you, smiling, you know, and she said, I have an issue, and she said her, she said, my 18-month-old daughter came up to me yesterday holding my purse and saying, oh, play, oh, play. <laughs> <laughs> created an addictive. I know, she yeah. said we've created an addictive facility yeah. for little kids. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's, um, it, you know, we've, we've wondered, there, there are those meltdown times that oftentimes, they revolve around them having to leave. So mm-hmm. um, that's one of the challenges for parents. Yep. Is yep. The kids have, a lot of parents come in thinking, well, I hope they'll, you know, have, enjoy this for at least an hour or so. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And by three three hours later, they're like, how am I get? When am I going to get my kid out of this place? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to leave. <laughs> right. What was something that each of you learned about yourself in the process of developing Cafe O Play that you didn't know you you had? That's a deep question, so I'll let Cameron answer oh, first. <laughs> See, um, I, I've always loved kids, but I think it's just refreshed that for me. I, you have When you have your own kids, you know that you love them, you, know, you take care of them, but there's so much personal responsibility that you have day to day that you you don't see it in the same way, perhaps, and I think uh, the kids just crack me up. I just love kids, yeah. and, and it's like it's like a new revelation to me. I, and so, you know, it's really been a blessing that um, I feel like we've not stumbled into, but we've we've really chosen something that we're both just loving the heck out of. You yeah, know, I mean, we yeah. love encouraging people. It was interesting you just as you were asking us about what what influenced us I started to think about that whole value of compassion and I just have a real heart for these young moms you know I know how hard these days in those years were being in your own house when you just you you just for the sake of making everybody's life a little bit easier you just have to be home so much and um it feels very isolating and so my heart is really there to um to just be an encouragement somehow and you know if i can give somebody a smile and talk with them for a little while and tell them thank you for being there or, you know take some of their ideas you know and run with it um or even looking for ways to to be you know to to give a mom or a parent some respite like i i, I love we have a lot of moms who come in and they're they're nursing their their children their young babies and they might have a four-year-old who's running around and and if I see a mom nursing um, her her baby, I'll go and get her um, a nice uh, glass of water from our infused water bar and bring it over to her because I know how dehydrated nursing moms can get. And from I know personal some, experience. From personal experience of my, <laughs> my, my wife passing out one time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just even that, that simple little act, I, you know, I, I see how thankful, you know, nursing moms are when you, when you respect them and, and just – you know, and it just, you know, not only just nursing mom, but just other parents, when you see a, a parent coming in and they're, they're carrying one kid in the, the car seat and they're pushing one in the stroller and they're try, just kind of running over to open the door for them and make life a little mm-hmm. bit easier. That's what we're trying to do for, for parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like your business, I think you, you started within, refresh my memory, when, when did you start? So you're, it sounds like you're off to a tremendous start. You've got a large number of guests coming in. What do you think it's going to take to 
keep this kind of business sustainable? You know, I, that's a that's a great question, and I, I definitely looked at a lot of different play cafes, some some that worked well and some that failed, and, um, you know, we definitely definitely want to be one of those ones that work well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, it all comes back to the customers. If the customers are, are finding something at Cafe O Play that meets their needs and really fits with both, you know, if they see a value to it and they – they see that their kids are well, you know, cared for, they're, they're going to keep coming back. So um, we also need to continue to look at, you know, really diversifying what we offer to people. So we offer different classes and different events. We have live music every Saturday night. We have a small retail section uh, called Rosemary's Boutique in honor of my mom who passed away that we, we try to pick some really neat kids toys that are there. We have our food and beverages and, and parties uh, as well. And we need to really look at having all of those different avenues and ways of engaging customers, having all of those really performing uh, really well uh, to really make this work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I think, um, you know, a lot of it is continuing to widen our net. And, and thankfully, our customers have been doing that a lot for us. Every day, people come in and we say, have you been here before? And they say, no, I've just heard about it and hmm. I wanted to do it. So it's a real blessing because yeah. the word is just... Great, great word of mouth amongst uh, our customers, that's for yeah, sure. And yeah, and people just decide. Yesterday I met a gal that was from Canton and another gal that was from uh, Solon. And they said, this is the perfect meeting place for us. We've been trying to figure out where we could meet and somebody had told her about it. And so, you know, it's... It's a really good spot for moms to connect. That's great. That's great. Now, I I meant to ask this before. Uh, Did you did you rent did you rent this facility? Did you buy it or did you build brand new? Yeah, we we we're renters. Uh, We Mm -hmm. found um, a space that we had to put quite a bit of uh, work into. Uh, So that was some of the, the big cost we had. It was a uh, thrift store uh, when we took it over, and before that it was a lighthouse pools um, mm-hmm. space. But um, yeah, we did uh, did a did a ton of work to it, but it's turned out really nice. Yeah, we really needed to find something that had adequate parking and also be close to a highway. And so that was another thing that really we took our time with. Um, mm-hmm. We had a good real estate agent that helped us, and we had looked at a few options and, and ended up where we are. And I think it's just the perfect spot, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And episode ten of this show, we had Karen Starras as our guest. What what was Karen's involvement with Cafe O Play? Uh, Karen was this strange person who came by and said, "John, you have no artistic sense whatsoever." No, 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 no. no that's <laughs> true. I don't have any artistic sense, which is why uh, a friend of ours at our our church recommended Karen and went and over to her studio, and I just. You know, I walked into her studio and thought, this is the person that we want to help with our, our design work because um, I just loved her uh, very earthy, you know, kind of kind of feel and look to her studio at, on uh, West Market Street in Akron, uh, Hazel Tree Interiors, and um, really liked uh, meeting her and her partner, John, and just, you know, getting a sense of, of what she could bring to the table. And so Karen really helped with uh, everything from 
picking out the um, you know artists to do mural work on our walls to colors of the carpeting to the tabletops and um, colors in the cafe. So she's just been a been a tremendous uh, asset to us and, and become a good friend too. Yeah, when when you know my my hopes were that that it would look really nice and what the end result was with her talent. She made it look really classy, and, yeah. and, and that was like even beyond what I had expected. And um, it's something that I think parents feel like, "Wow, they did this for me." I hope yeah. they feel yeah. that that um, that they're worth making it kind of classy looking. Yeah, and some some of the some of the play cafes that I walked into, or some of the other family entertainment centers, are you know were were franchise type places, and you walk into them. And they just had that franchise feel and look to it. You know, mm. all the walls were one color, kind of that, you know, slumlord bone white, um, <laughs> you know, or just a yellow color everywhere. And uh, I think at Cafe O Play, our, our final color palette came out to be like 50 different colors and shades. <laughs> and uh, and uh, now we just have to keep them all straight. <laughs> and, uh, but it just, you know, even even that attention to, to the detail of the surfaces and and things and again and that really reflects i think back as carolyn said to the customer saying hey you know you're worth coming into a nice place we want to create a nice homey place for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now you mentioned you have children how are they involved in cafe o play both as players and helping you run it that's a great question yeah they sure are and uh I, we have a 13 year old son who is uh He's gotten his own uh, user ID in our uh, POS system, so he clocks himself in and does some work, and and we actually pay him a little bit. Mm. Um, All the kids have learned how to clean the toilets in Cafe O Play. They know how to run the sweepers and the dishwasher. They're they're quite excited about running the uh, (laughs) high-performing 90-second dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) They do. They they help out in so many ways, even if they just – um, spend time in the play area, they often connect up with a little toddler and just kind of play with them and follow them around. And um, it really gives parents actually uh, a sense of, of rest because, you know, for instance, one, this one woman came to me and she asked me, when is he here? And she was pointing to my son. And I said, well, <laughs> we're kind of here, you know, on certain days. And so she's like, no, no, no when is he here? <laughs> and she was basically saying, uh, she, English was a second language, she said, uh, you know, we want to come when he's here because he plays with my son. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're grateful that they really enjoy other kids and and feel a sense of, of wanting to make it a, a hospitable place. And I think our kids appreciate uh, the type of business it is. We have some friends who are customers who... Uh, we, I was talking with them, and my son came up to me, and I think he was complaining about something he had to go do or whatever. And this customer said, "Hey, my my dad owned a print shop when I was growing up. I had to collate twenty thousand reports on the weekends. You should be grateful. <laughs> <laughs> Your folks own a play cafe." <laughs> I, I imagine it's got to be a very neat thing to be able to work side by side with your children as well. And that was that was actually one of the things that uh, you know motivated us to, to move in this direction because it definitely was a, a career shift and a change for, for 
for us and um, what we were involved in in Chicago was wonderful and it was a great season of our lives and um, but yeah our kids were, were at an age where engaging in a family business uh, I think is just going to be a great uh, teaching tool for them it's going to develop their character it's going to give them insight into their own gifts and skills and abilities and uh, I just think it's going to be great for them I should say that it was our nine-year-old who named Cafe Au Soleil. He did, yeah. yeah. He, uh, we said, we want something that says cafe, but it needs to kind of also have, you know, play. And he just said, well, how about Cafe Au Play? <laughs> and we looked at each other and we're like, I like it. That's a great <laughs> name. Yes. And he reminds us that he is the one who named it all the time. And everybody else. <laughs> of course. Well, that's great. When he turns 20, he's probably going to become a lawyer and try to sue us for naming rights or something. Right, right. get it trademarked. (laughs) Can you share with the audience, you mentioned that in addition to being open uh, several days of the week, you do some upcoming, you do special events. What are some of the upcoming events that the audience may be interested in? Yeah, well, uh, actually this Friday we have a glow dance party coming up, which is great. And uh, and then on Saturday, we have a wonderful guitarist named Ryan Humbert uh, coming in. And uh, on Sunday, which is the fourth uh, Sunday of the month, every uh, fourth Sunday of the month, we open up uh, exclusively in the evenings for families with special needs children. Hmm. And uh, it's for everybody in their family. So a family might have, you know, one child with, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, Asperger's or autism or some other special need or physical disability and maybe a couple kids without disabilities, but we just kind of welcome the whole families. We give them a real discount uh, for admission, but it also gives, um, you know, the parents who have special needs kids an an opportunity to interact and and talk with each other. Um, We have a a music um, person that comes in and does music specifically for kids with special needs and uh, this Sunday, we actually have a, an author who's uh, reading a book uh, called Zach. Um, my wife's looking at me because I didn't tell her about this. <laughs> but we have, we have an author who wrote a book exclusively kind of towards the special needs community, and uh, so she's going to do some readings from her book. So, so that's a fun monthly event. We also do a, um, a fun event called Trade and Play, where kids can come into the cafe and um, play uh, Pokemon or Magic Cards and just have a good time. But uh, every Saturday night uh, from 6 to 8, we always have live music at the cafe. That is just such a treat as a parent. Um, <clears throat> I'm also a singer-songwriter, and we stopped going to see live music with having kids. You <laughs> know, it's just a hard <laughs> thing to, to do, but these, we've had some just amazing, wonderful local acts. And they're so professional, and we sit there and we soak up the music, and the kids, they come in and listen, and they get bored, they go play, you know? And, it, <laughs> and you know, it's perfect. It's just such a treat. Yeah, we had a Latin jazz trio last weekend called In Transit. They were fantastic, and got some great groups uh, coming up in uh, May as well. That's great. How can the audience learn more about Cafe O Play? Well, they can stop by. We're located at 911 Graham Road in Ohio. We're right off of the uh, Route 8 uh, and Graham Road intersection there. And uh, they could also go to our website, which is cafeoplay.com. 
And uh, if they have any questions, they're more than welcome to email me, John, at cafeoplay.com or carolyn at cafeoplay.com. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, you know, really, a lot of the way we grow is Facebook. Our Facebook yeah. page is very active. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're 4,000 likes on it, and it's just the way that people talk to each other these days. We'll post about an event, and somebody will tag their friend and say, hey, you should take your child to this. They would love it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a, a great way for us to, um, to grow and also provide some encouragement and support to people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last question I always like to ask our guest is, and I'll do it for each of you individually, or you could perhaps answer together, is what legacy do you hope to leave behind with the work that you're doing in the world? pretty good (laughs) all right well i carolyn john i really appreciate you being guests on the show today uh you have a very neat business very unique and it's definitely bringing a lot of smiles to the stowe community absolutely we're having a lot of fun with it yeah we sure are okay well if you can hold on the line i just have a couple other comments but i wanted to sign off on the show from here Thank you for tuning in to the Outstanding Ohioan Show. This is episode 29 with the owners of Cafe O'Play in Stowe, Ohio, Carolyn and John Green. Thank you for tuning in, and please take the time to rate the show on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.